We want to welcome everyone to our ICJ weekly webinar today. Thank you for joining us uh, here on Zoom and, and those who are joining us through uh, live streaming on Facebook and YouTube. We've got a very good program uh, for you today talking about a very hot button issue, Israel and the coronavirus vaccine. And for those of us who uh, live in Israel, uh, it's been quite an interesting journey over the past year. Israel did very well at first in uh, trying to keep the number of infected people down. Then we had a couple spikes. We've had three major shutdowns around uh, the major Jewish holidays. And uh, now the, uh, the government has started a, a, um, a very ambitious rapid mass vaccination campaign that, that uh, more than half the nation is now uh, vaccinated, but it's with this new uh, sort of RNA messenger vaccine developed by Pfizer and Moderna. And uh, we want to answer some questions that I know a lot of Christians out there have about uh, this vaccination program, the vaccine, uh, why Israeli leaders uh, decided to, to do this before it was fully tested as, as far as its short-term, long-term uh, effects, and uh, many other questions, some of the things that we're sort of seeing out there uh, get into some alarmist uh, theories about how uh, um, this was a very, it was a real gamble, and so we want to turn to some Israelis we trust here, uh, to give us uh, their perspective on the vaccine, what the whole nation and they themselves, professionally, their families, those around them, the decisions they've gone through as far as getting the vaccine and all. And we're first very pleased, uh, very honored to have Dr. Zeev Feldman, who is the Director of Pediatric Neosurgery at Safras Children's Hospital at the uh, Sheba Medical Center down near Ramadan Tel Aviv area. And uh, he happens to be the president of ARAM, which is this association of state employed physicians in Israel, all the Israeli state doctors with the state uh, health maintenance organizations. He's uh, head of their, their professional association, also vice president of the Israel Medical Association. And we're quite pleased to have you, Dr. Feldman, to start out this discussion and help Christians answer this question. Why did Israel, you know, agree to be really a, a massive test case for the Pfizer vaccine? And how is it going? Because it seems every day as we go along, uh, uh, the, this vaccine is proving itself uh, and uh, Israel seems to be out ahead, but uh, it was risky, and uh, we need to hear uh, from your perspective how, uh, how Israel is doing in this. Please. Thank you, David. Uh, thank you for inviting me to share with you my thoughts about uh, these issues. Uh, as you well know, and uh, I'm sure uh, the pandemic affected most of the world and uh, changed the, the way we live, the way we practice, uh, and uh, had a huge impact on, uh, on our daily life. Uh, since uh, March, actually, the end of February of last year, uh, 
we encountered a, a virus which we, we didn't have a good medical response to. Uh, if we look uh, backward, uh, the, the practically the best measures against the virus is the mask, uh, this social distancing and avoiding uh, got large, la large crowds. These are the, the, the best way to avoid uh, being infected by the virus. Uh, if you didn't meet anyone, you didn't uh, contracted it. But life is more complicated, and uh, we had uh, three waves of of, uh, of uh, patients flowing into our hospitals and uh, challenging our capacity. And uh, it was and and each wave was uh, more severe than the previous one, and uh, it was very clear that uh, uh, unlike other places in the world with a much more, uh, let's say, uh, discipline. Uh, Israel is not famous for our uh, discipline and uh, our following uh, regulations. Uh, I'm looking astounded at Britain at this moment uh, uh, that uh, in January they, they declared uh, a very uh, harsh lockdown uh, when when the disease was uh, when they had uh, over sixty uh, thousand daily uh, patients going into hospitals and uh, as as we can uh, we will discuss their immunization program is not as uh, large and uh, widespread as ours but uh, after two for after two months, they they reduced the daily uh, number of new patients to four thousand or three thousand, and they reduced the mortality rate immensely. So, what can a British uh, the British government can do? The Israeli government can try to do, but the Israeli people do, do not follow the the rules as the British. So we had to have another solution, another uh, option uh, to, to avoid the ways of patients that really uh, brought the hospital system uh, to its capacity. Uh, we trained more people, we, we uh, built new ICUs, and uh, people uh, and, and uh, healthcare workers uh, walked around the clock and it was very difficult. Uh, so when the news of the vaccines and, uh, arrived, it was uh, very, very uh, encouraging for us. And I think for the, the rest of the world, I think uh, uh, starting the last uh, May and June, Last year, our uh, health ministry administrators uh, signed contracts with uh, different uh, uh, companies, uh, buying options actually for vaccines because there was no product and nobody was sure that uh, you are sign signing with a company that will succeed to develop 
the vaccine, and we paid for, for a lot of money for, for the options. And uh, when uh, Pfizer and Moderna declared that their, their uh, experiments uh, were uh, successful, and uh, when the FDA approved the emergency use uh, of their vaccines, uh, I think the Israeli government was uh, very quick to, to sign the contracts with both companies, Moderna and uh, uh, Pfizer. And uh, we were fortunate to, to get the vaccines uh, very quickly. Uh, you asked me several questions in, in your mail and uh, you asked me if it's, it was a gamble. And uh, you asked me what, how can the government submit the Israeli population to a, a vaccine that uh, you may know something about the short-term complications, but you know nothing at all about the long-term complications. And uh, indeed, you, you have to weigh your, uh, your risk in this condition. Uh, you don't have uh, uh, certainty. Uh, you, you, the, the, the only certainty is that uh, about two to three out of every thousand people uh, will be uh, sick with the severe complications and the, the mortality rate from, from uh, Corona is uh, a lot larger than the, the mortality rate of uh, the flu or other uh, common disease that we encounter on a regular basis. Uh, even people who recover from uh, Corona have uh, long-term effects uh, some some uh, report fatigue, some report memory issues, uh, cognitive issues. Uh, some uh, in the younger age group, uh, we hear that several weeks after recovering from uh, or becoming negative for the corona, they develop massive uh, uh, multi-organ uh, failure due to uh, 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 not infection, but uh, uh, I, I miss the word, but, but uh, uh, that affects the heart, the kidneys, and, and uh, really risk the lives. And uh, the first reports from Pfizer experiment were that the, the side effects, the short-term side effects, were minor. Uh, very few people had uh, major complications like uh, temporary fascial nerve uh, palsy that uh, mostly uh, recovered. A lot of uh, uh, people reported uh, pain in the site of injection and uh, some, some reported fever and muscle aches complications that uh, are manageable and, and acceptable in the, in the, in the world of uh, vaccination. So uh, I think that uh, the government uh, offered this vaccination to, to the Israeli people and the, the, there is no compulsory vaccination in Israel. 
I think that uh, we did a lot of uh, PR uh, after studying the, the FDA or watching the FDA uh, sessions and after reading the scientific papers in the New England Journal of Medicine. And after we were sure that uh, uh, we can be certain uh, with the facts that we have about the short-term uh, effect of the vaccine, uh, we recommended people to come and, and uh, be vaccinated. The government uh, did a stratified strategy, uh, age-wise uh, stratified strategy. They started with the uh, elderly and uh, advanced uh, uh, to lower age ages because uh, we saw that the mortality rate uh, uh, among the elderly uh, at the initial phases was uh, around the 40%. So uh, the government uh, policy was to protect the elderly. Mm -hmm. And uh, we are very happy to, to, to uh, report that uh, over 85% of uh, people older than uh, 50 in Israel are vaccinated to date. And I will show you in my slides the effect that that had on, on, on the disease and mortality. Okay, I, I can share those slides now. You want me to do that? Please do. Okay. Next one, please. So you can you can see the the, the confirmed the rate of, of confirmed cases uh, worldwide, and you can see that Israel uh, is in the ninth place or the fourth place if you if you don't take, take into account uh, uh, countries with less than 2 million population, we have uh, the fourth highest rate of infection with the COVID-19 in the world. So, some of that is due to a massive testing, more testing than elsewhere, isn't it? Uh, maybe. It's confirmed cases. It's confirmed cases. Uh, but yes, but uh, and and uh, we we take the the rate per one million. So it's not the total number, but the number per million population, and uh, we are very very high. If you show the next one, yeah, the, this other one is deaths. You have a high rate of infection, but a low rate of deaths. And the, your the, doctors have been on, doing a good job treating. On the right side, just to to make. Uh, <laughs> To yeah. make the point, we are uh, number 54 uh, in the world in mortality rate per million. So mm -hmm. the, this, the, we, we, we want to think that the, this uh, uh, gap, uh, uh, we can take credit, credit for the gap uh, for, being, uh, for giving the Israeli people excellent medical care. Uh, and uh, we, we, we feel that we fulfilled our mission uh, as a medical system, as a hospital uh, system, and delivered excellent uh, care for, for 
our patients. Okay, and this slide? Is uh, the, 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 this is the cumulative vaccination dose administered per 100 uh, uh, people uh, in the world and, and uh, in, in Israel. And you can see that uh, we lead the world in the va uh, vaccination rate per population. Uh, the next one is the United Kingdom. Uh, if if uh, uh, we, we just crossed the, the 5 million uh, uh, population line of, of uh, vaccinated uh, people and uh, I'll have a slide at the end uh, to show you that uh, if you add the number of vaccinated population and the number of recovered patients which have the, the uh, immune uh, uh, system activated against the virus, we reach uh, around 89% of Israeli adult Israeli population who are uh, protected against infection at this point. We can continue. And this, these uh, several uh, few slides are, are very important because you see that you, you were right that maybe the total number of uh, reported cases is, uh, is a function of the number of tests you, you conduct, but the number of uh, in-house in inpatients is, uh, for, is something more objective and uh, what what this graph show is that uh, since January, and we started to vaccinate at the end of December. So uh, at the beginning of January, if you follow the red, the red bars, uh, who are the number of patients above the age of 60, you can see that uh, the, the, the ratio of uh, patients over 60 was very high in January. And you, if you follow, uh, the graph to March, uh, you can see that uh, the ratio has come down uh, very dramatically. And uh, we, we uh, think that uh, this is the effect of uh, the vaccination of the older population. We have more young patients now, but uh, because in this uh, group of, uh, of our population, the the, the ratio of uh, vaccination uh, versus non-vaccinated is, uh, is lower, but uh, the effect is very dramatic. And if you, you, you follow to the next slide, and these are patients in, in the very severe form who, who needs uh, uh, to be uh, intubated and ventilated. And here again, you can see that at the beginning of uh, January and uh, the wave is uh, going up uh, into February, you can see that uh, the red bars is getting smaller and smaller as we progress. And that's again, uh, is the effect of the, the vaccine on the uh, older population who, who were vaccinated uh, initially. And if uh, at, in January we had only 25% uh, of patient, uh, of intubated patient and ventilated patient who were younger, 
young, uh, now we have 45% of younger patients on ventilator. And uh, that's the effect of uh, the vaccine, uh, the, 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 the ratio of vaccinated, uh, vaccination in that, that popu age population, uh, who is low, which is lower. And the next slide is more dramatic. That's the death rate and the, the mortality rate. You can see that uh, uh, starting about five uh, to eight weeks after the, all the population were vaccinated, uh, the mortality rate in patients above the age of 60 is uh, very, very, very low. Mm -hmm. So we, we are very, uh, confident that uh, we, that the government uh, did the right thing to bring the vaccines and that and uh, we are very uh, sure that the population did the right thing that they went and uh, uh, got the vaccine. Uh, yeah. Okay, uh, this is the daily mortality from Corona down to... Going down, uh, we, we think now as as the as we reach higher rates of vaccination, even in the younger uh, a, a people uh, above the age of thirty, we can see that uh, we have an overall effect of uh, on the mortality. Uh, we didn't see that effect, uh, complete effect, uh, with with lockdowns only. We believe that the added value of the vaccine. Is very dramatic, and if you, this is my final uh, slide to share with you. Up, uh, these are the actual numbers. Uh, up to this moment, five million seventy-two thousand seven hundred and twenty-five Israelis were vaccinated, in the, at least with the first uh, dose. Uh, seven hundred sixty-nine thousand nine hundred thirty-two. Uh, recovered from Corona and have uh, antibodies and uh, are uh, protected to some extent. So if you uh, reduce the number of children in Israel from the 9.3 million of our total population, we have 2.8 million children and you to take only the population above the age of uh, 16, 89% of our population above 16 is currently uh, protected by the vaccine. And as we speak, uh, Pfizer uh, just uh, announced, uh, analyzed the, the results uh, that uh, from Israel and uh, their number is that uh, the, the, their vaccine uh, is protecting uh, 97 uh, 97% protection from uh, symptomatic disease and 94% from asymptomatic disease, which is better than the initial uh, mm -hmm. experiment that was published back in December. The, this means that the vaccine is, is protecting uh, people. There's only 3% chance if you have the vaccine that you'll get it. Yeah, uh, but but that doesn't take into account any any side effects. But you're saying the Israeli government had enough information at the start. We we didn't have enough information. We did we 
we had the same information as the rest of the world and as the, the FDA had at the beginning. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we took a calculated risk, uh, analyzing and, and uh, uh, analyzing the, the risk from the disease versus the risk from uh, the, the vaccine. And now we are, you know, there are over 62 million vaccinated uh, people in the United States, over 22 million in Britain, uh, 6 million in France, and 6 million in Germany. So you have very large numbers and you don't hear of any major uh, short-term complications, uh, except those that were mentioned initially by, by Pfizer. The long-term, nobody will know, but we don't have the time dealing with such a, a deadly disease to wait the, the one year, two years time that uh, will be uh, will be sure that there, there are no late effect uh, uh, for, of the vaccine. So uh, definitely it's a calculated risk and uh, we took the, the risk and I think the Israeli population is benefiting from it now. And I can tell you that from my point of view in the hospitals, the number of, uh, of severe uh, patients is going down. We closed several uh, uh, wards, corona wards. We closed several uh, ICUs. And we are trying to get to normal uh, care for other disease because uh, they don't stop. Mm -hmm. Okay. Look, I, I, we hope you can stay with us a little while. We'll get some more questions to you. We want to bring in uh, our next guest, uh, Caleb Myers. But I just have one, one question for you. People who are going in to receive the vaccine, is there any screening as far as asking questions about possible vulnerabilities to side effects like people with autoimmune disease or, or just Israelis going in and saying, here, no, shoot no, 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 no. People with allergies, uh, uh, we, we had uh, special sessions with allergy specialists present when mm -hmm. people with allergies were, were, were given the, the vaccine. Mm -hmm. People with uh, severe disease and autoimmune disease, uh, yes. okay. uh, their physicians uh, had to, to clear them for the vaccine. And mm -hmm. uh, not, not everybody was vaccinated due to those restrictions. So it was very completely a, 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 a process that uh, safety was uh, one of the highlights of, of uh, before our eyes. Okay. All right. We want to thank you for being with us. Hope, hope you can stay uh, some more, have some more input here. We got a, before I introduce Caleb, we got a good audience today. If you're watching on Facebook or YouTube and you need translation, we have Chinese, Portuguese, and Spanish translation over on the webinar at on.icej.org slash ICEJ webinar, capital ICEJ, capital W webinar. That's case sensitive. And then if you're, uh, you know, others who want to go over to Facebook or, uh, or YouTube, you go to Facebook or YouTube and look for ICEJ there. Okay, we want to bring in Kalev Myers. He's a good friend of the embassy. He even does legal work for us. He's an attorney with Yehuda Rave Law Firm, one of the more 
prominent law firms in Israel. Uh, he also launched uh, years ago the Jerusalem Institute of Justice, a public interest law firm. Uh, he's a member and I think former officer, International Association of Jewish Lawyers and Jur Jurists, and also founder and chairman of Arise. Uh, it's a business matchmaking firm between Israeli and foreign businesses and investors. It's the Alliance to Reinforce Israel's Security and Economy. Good to see you, Kaleb. Thank you, and it's, it's uh, great to be with you. David, a few minutes ago, I sent you a slide by email, um, which I wanted to ask you to, if, if you see that, if you could put that up. Okay, you go ahead and I'll try and find it here. Yeah, yeah no problem. So there's a, um, you know, he, Hebrew is an interesting language. I know a lot of people on, on the call are interested in the Hebrew language because you, you uh, want to study the Bible, understand the Bible and its original source. Uh, there's a special root, and, and so the Hebrew language is built on root words, and there's a special root of chet samechnun, chasan. And from the root word of uh, chasan, we have a few very interesting words. Um, one of them is chasinut, and chasinut means immunity. Um, and so it would refer both to medical immunity, but also to legal or political immunity. In many countries in the world, the state leaders have chasinut. They have immunity against criminal trials if they're acting as, as prime minister or, or president. Our prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, uh, wish he had chasinut, uh, but he doesn't. In our political system, uh, we, you, you can be under an active criminal trial when you're president or when you're prime minister. And uh, unfortunately, our, our prime minister is, under, is undergoing three criminal trials right now. Um, and uh, he would like to put together a strong enough coalition to change the system so that you would not be able to, so that he would have chasinut. Uh, you wouldn't be able to try a, a, um, a, a, an acting prime minister. Um, but but uh, this is very connected to uh, vaccination too, because the word uh, vaccine in Hebrew uh, uh, or, or vaccination is chisunim. It's from the same uh, root, chasan. And so I do believe that one of the reasons that our prime minister is pushing the chisunim to get everybody vaccinated as quickly as possible is because we have upcoming elections and he liked to, be, he liked to do very well in that so he could create some immunity for himself uh, legally. Um, and um, I, that, that's probably part of, of uh, his considerations. I don't want to be completely cynical because I do believe that he also wants to try to protect it, the health of the Israeli people. But there, I think there, there, there are definitely other considerations that have come to play in Israel. Um, however, I, I believe Caleb, I, I can't I can't put up the uh, the slide because it may be that it's in Hebrew or something. Okay, no problem, no problem. It was, I just wanted to show those words and uh, 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 the, the root word Hassan. Okay. As an Israeli citizen, I would say even if our prime minister had uh, part of his considerations were connected to his own political interests and he wanted to have a great success with the immunization, so he went and he. He was one of the earliest leaders to negotiate option deals with Pfizer and Moderna. And then he signed on a deal basically, basically to make the, the public of Israel a, a testing laboratory for Pfizer to a certain extent by, by giving information regarding certain side effects and, and the successes and, 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 and failures and percentages 
of of the uh, effectivity of of the um, of, of the of the vaccination, and through that, he was able to to be an early bird to to really catch a large number, uh, pretty much enough to to create herd vaccination for 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 our whole public. Uh, he's also negotiating a deal. He's trying to negotiate a deal for Pfizer to open up a factory in Israel, uh, so that if different variants uh, or mutations in the future would would necessitate a follow-up vaccination, those would be able to be created locally and, and produced locally for, for a quicker dis distribution. Uh, until now, all of the, all of the vaccines have been, have been imported, which creates certain issues because the Pfizer vaccine has to be at a very low temperature and I don't wanna go on that rabbit trail. But I would say that even if some political considerations affected the, the policy of running forward and vaccinating our public as quick as possible, I as an Israeli citizen am happy that that happened because I'm happy that our country is one of the more vaccinated countries in the world and now things are, are, are starting to open up. I, I just wanna share one other statistic. I think Dr. Feldman's slides were, were excellent and, and, and very interesting. There's one other statistic, which is regarding the con contagion ratio, or the ratio in which the, this, is, this is moving from person to person right now. And um, every other time that we had these lockdowns and then we opened up the, the, the market after the lockdown, the contagion ratio would go up. That, the contagion ratio is the amount of people that on average get sick um, from one person who is sick. And this is the first time that now we are opening up this last lockdown and the contagion ratio is going down instead of going up. Uh, and that's clearly because of the vaccination. Right now, the contagion ratio in Israel is 0 0.85, which means theoretically, if 100 people are sick, 85 people will get sick from them. Uh, but, it, but it's dropping every, every day now because of the vaccination, which I think is good. Uh, just uh, two more points. One, as, as a lawyer who, I rep not only do I represent the International Christian Embassy of Jerusalem, but also many churches and, and synagogues and houses of worship. I know many Christians around the world may be interested to know, you know, what are going to be the limitations on houses of worship based on the current Israeli policy as far as accessibility to worship services. Um, and so, so the rule today um, and, and again, this is changing from week to week and from day to day with government decisions. I can tell you what the situation is today, which is within a house of worship, you have two possibilities, you have two options. According to the first option, if you do not use what we call the green passport, uh, and so it's just a, a normal house of worship that you're not checking anybody at the door, you can either have 20 people praying together, worshiping together in a closed space, or 50 people in an open space, in an open air facility. That, that's if you're, if you're not uh, implementing the policy of, of what we call the green passport. So 20 people in a closed space, 50 people in an open space. If you want to check people at the door and see that they've been vaccinated, which is the green passport policy, then you're able to have more people in your meeting. First of all, you need to, in order, the, the government doesn't force you to do that as a house of worship, but actually in order to do that, you have to register with your local municipality so that they know that you're a house of worship that's doing that. Uh, but but once, you, once you're checking the, the green passports at the door, 
then you can have up to 50% of uh, uh, your occupancy. So if you have a room that seats 100 people, you can seat 50 people, etc. cetera. And, um, and there's a few more rules that it's up to one person per every uh, seven square meters. And in any case, no more than 500 people. So if you're in a big stadium and it's you know a house of worship, by the way, it's the same rules right now for other cultural events, music concerts, and so on and so forth. It's up to 500 people. So this is the way that Israel is trying to balance the, 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 the very, I would say, gentle um, uh, situation between wanting to preserve freedom of worship and, and basic human rights and civil rights so that everybody can, can uh, you know, uh, you go to their synagogue or their church or their mosque, um, but at the same time uh, trying to, to, to protect people from the disease. Um, I was also asked in, in an email from David, um, just my thought process as an Israeli citizen, my, my, uh, should I get vaccinated, shouldn't I, should my family get vaccinated, etc. For me, I would say, I look at it as any, any medical uh, treatment in, in my life, you always have your risks and your benefits. So, you know, when you, when you take aspirin or, or, or um, um, Tylenol, uh, you, if, you, if you actually look at the potential side effects there, there, there are potential risks to anything you do. And so you have to say, okay, is the benefit, is the benefit from this uh, worth it for the risk? And so there, there was a risk here that there wasn't data, there isn't data regarding long-term effects of the va vaccine, et cetera. To me, it seemed like that risk was small enough that the benefit was greater than the risk. The benefit being me not uh, getting sick and perhaps bringing sickness to family members that have pre-existing medical conditions or are very old and, and are in a precarious situation. My father-in-law, who I love very much and lives right next door to us, and Arya Bardavid, many people know him, he's a pretty, pretty well-known Bible teacher. He, he's, a, he's an impossible guy to, to I mean, I guess he, he kept the lockdown rules as much as possible, but he didn't like them. So <laughs> once in a while we would get surprise visits, but he, but he has issues with, with diabetes. And so, you know, diabetics were hit the hardest of any pre-existing medical uh, uh, category. Um, as far as what, what I've read, 25% of the people who died in, in the first the first months of, 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 the, of the pandemic, uh, the pre-existing pre medical condition were diabetics. And so mm -hmm. I, I, God forbid, wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to be the, the, the reason that, that my father-in-law would suffer as seriously. So, so for me, the benefits uh, at a very personal level outweighed the potential risks. And I would also say that, uh, honestly, I was motivated by, you know, being part of helping our whole country come out of this. I, I wanted to play my part in, in, in getting herd vaccination as quickly as possible so that life can get back to normal as quickly as possible. So for me, it, I think it was a relatively easy decision. And as soon as my age category opened up, I, I went and did it. I found the process to be very professional. They did ask me if I had any uh, allergic uh, background. My wife, by the way, uh, has had severe allergic reactions to certain medicines in the past. Um, I think it's called pephylactic uh, uh, response, uh, life-threatening response. 
And so she was treated differently. Like Dr. Feldman said, she had to go on on a certain day when they had allergy specialists there. And after she got the vaccine, she had to wait for 30 minutes to make sure there was no negative response, whereas I only had to wait for 10 minutes. So Israel's going about it in a very professional way, I feel. Um, and, um, and, 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 I, and, and it's showing, I think it, it's, it's showing a, a certain amount of success. Our prayer is that it'll last for as long as possible. Our prayer is that, you know, we won't have these more variants or, or mutants that, that cause the vaccines to be uh, less, less effective, um, you know, in the near future. So thank you. It's, it's a pleasure to be here and, uh, and uh, yeah, and to be on this panel. Kalev, yeah. when you talk about uh, the green passport, though, you're just talking about when you go in and get vaccinated, they'll send you something uh, for your mobile phone and you just show that at the door. It's not like uh, something put in your actual passport, like a yellow passport. That, that's right. That's right. You, you, you can either download an app to your smartphone and, uh, and then it, 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 you, you have a certificate, a, a digital certificate with a barcode that can be scanned at the entrance to places that want to check at the door. Uh, they also send to your email and by, yeah, it looks exactly like that. Thank you, Dr. Feldman. Uh, and uh, they also send your email document that can be printed out and, you know, put in your wallet that, uh, that, that, that can also uh, be used. We have a big question as to the extent to which other countries will recognize this for Israelis who want to travel abroad. Um, but right now it's just being implemented regarding the opening of public uh, facilities in Israel. Yeah, I, I want to go back uh, with a question to you about, uh, say, the, the political motivations of Prime Minister Netanyahu. It just seemed like nearly the whole senior leadership in Israel, at least those who would be his biggest political rivals, every one of them seemed to agree with this vaccination program, with the prime minister's response. There were certain disagreements. Bennett said, we got to have the army more involved, things like this. But on the vaccination program, it seems like uh, everyone uh, is trying to uh, out uh, pro-vaccine the next guy. And there's really, if, the, if it was a, a mistake or blunder, no one is trying to take any advantage of that issue to try and bring down Netanyahu. So it seems there's a consensus among the political and the medical professions here, the pro uh, political field and the medical profession, that this was the way to go. And then so far it's working. Yes, I would say that uh, there is a broad political consensus regarding the vaccine. And the two biggest controversies in our political discourse in Israel are number one, the ability of people to land in Israel um, from other countries, and even Israeli citizens to land recently. It's been very, very limited as they've been trying to bring down the numbers. And so the freedom of travel was a big issue. Uh, many of the, the political opponents of our prime minister felt like the airports should have been completely shut down, <laughs> or there should have been different testing to, to make it more efficient because a lot of the uh, a lot of the sickness was coming in from people who were landing in Israel. And the other issue, which is similar, I know, to other countries, is that we have certain communities that have much lower uh, vaccination percentages than other communities. In Israel, for some reason, it's the ultra-religious and the Arabic-speaking communities. Uh, I think there are two reasons for that, probably. Number one, I think there's probably a lower general trust of government policy in, in both of those crowds for, for reasons that are too complicated to go into. And secondly, I, I think that, uh, and secondly, 
it's not I think, it's, object, it's objective uh, uh, fact that they, they have high density areas. So, so you, when you go into the ultra-religious and some of the Arabic speaking areas, you have sometimes two or three times as many people living in the same amount of square meters. And so, uh, so, so the rates of sickness are just higher when you have a pandemic like this. And then when you add to that, uh, uh, a little bit of a, of a nervousness in those communities um, about getting vaccinated, it caused higher uh, sickness in those areas. And, and so Prime Minister Netanyahu's political opponents were, were, uh, set, were um, opposing him on his policy to do general lockdowns. A lot of people said we should, you should have much more pinpointed lockdowns. So if you have neighborhoods and areas that, that, have, that have higher sickness for various reasons, you should only shut down those areas and not the general public. Th those were the biggest political, I would say, uh, controversies. But th those are very difficult decisions because of the, the desire for equality and civil rights and human rights and wanting to treat everybody uh, in the, the same way. So uh, I, I, I would say that no, there, there's no magic formula for handling a pandemic like this. And I, I think our leadership has actually done a pretty good job. Um, considering that it's, it's always hard to navigate and you're never going to get it uh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, before we move on to our third guest here, Israel Pachter, just very quickly, any medical decision should be made based on informed consent. Do you think the Israeli public is getting adequate information on short-term, even long-term risks uh, before uh, getting the injection, the, the, the vaccine? Uh, I, I, so I, I immigrated to, to Israel from the United States about 30 years ago, and I can say that the medical practice in, the, in America is much more thorough in informing <laughs> people who are going to undergo medical, as a generality, I mean, medical uh, services, informing them of the different possibilities and options and what the side effects might be and so on and so forth. You see it in the TV commercials. <laughs> yes, he, here it's, it's, it's a, it, we, have, we have a socialized medicine and, and, um, and, and it's less of a, let's say, service-oriented atmosphere in general. But I will say that this time under the pandemic, the Israeli government did some good things, which when they started rolling out the vaccination, they took over a few major radio programs, for instance, and for several hours a day had open lines where the public could call in and ask leading doctors questions. If, you know, I have an allergy, I'm pregnant, my wife is pregnant, should we get vaccinated? And so there, there was a, I, I think, and still is a general desire to do more than usual to inform the public, at least within the Israeli culture and, and the Israeli context. Okay, thank you. All right, we want to go to uh, our friend Israel Pachter down in Ashdod. He's the founding pastor of the congregation Beit Halal, that's House of Praise and also head of uh, Voice of Judah Teaching Ministry. Good to see you, Israel. Thanks for being patient with us. Hi, Shalom. Shalom from the desert. Uh, actually, I have time in the desert, and in the, in the house I stayed, internet gone. So I needed to go to Israeli neighbors and ask, can I use your internet in your yard? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Zoom call. So uh, hi from the house of neighbors. Yeah. Good neighbors, good Samaritans. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I want to address, I'm not a professional when it's come to medicine even, uh, and, uh, you know, vaccination, of course not, but I want to address it from the 
a kind of spiritual or maybe more even practical uh, side of it in the congregations, the applications, the doubts, the discussions, yeah. uh, all of that. And uh, by the way, I found out uh, there is a, it is different in some congregations. Uh, it's not the same situation in all congregations. Uh, when it's come to my congregation or congregation I lead, uh, we have about 60-40. About 40% 40, 40 of people uh, are for vaccination. They did already, especially older people, they did vaccines and about 60% are, are not. Uh, Praise God, I'm happy to see there's no fights, no, <laughs> no hatred and no uh, confrontations, but people, people are respecting each other's decisions and, uh, and it's kind of in a good spirit. That gives me joy because sometimes, you know, when I see different blocks and when people sharing their ideas, uh, there's also fights and because of differences, but uh, somehow uh, we have peaceful situation with even different opinions. So as a congregation, uh, of course, the COVID was a very difficult thing. We couldn't meet properly for a long time. Uh, lockdowns and all the challenges. Uh, now it's, it's changing little by little. But actually, I would say most of the people, uh, they are waiting. They just not in a hurry. And I know in the moment, like when pressure was strong, and we had pretty severe pressure uh, about vaccination, uh, People kind of, you know, many believers, in my opinion, like around me, they would say, just because of that, I don't want to hurry the vaccine. I want to wait. You know, I, want, I don't want anyone push me and, you know, put pressure on me. Uh, I want to see for myself. I want to take my time. And uh, that's, that's why we have 60-40. And those who concerned for their health, uh, they did it right away. The older generation, almost all of them uh, did it. Uh, in my congregation, uh, very few people were sick, uh, but there were a few few stories. No one were hospitalized. Uh, praise God, it was uh, pretty uh, pretty good, pretty good situation, pretty good conditions of people. Uh, but uh, so sixty forty does the situation now, and I think the moment when uh, people will see more be benefits of the vaccine, uh, not the control, not the not the uh, pressure, uh, but just uh, you know, conversations or even benefits. Like one of the things that I think what will change uh, situation with my friends, it's actually flights. I think in the moment everyone could fly uh, after vaccine, more people will go and do that. And uh, like uh, Kali Meyer said, they will probably measure the risk and the benefits. And probably that will be another uh, critical point of change. Uh, because right now people say, hey, that doesn't make big difference. You know, we've been fine uh, through all this uh, season. Uh, we haven't had sick, you know, and, and, and that's why many waiting, just, just waiting and looking for more benefits. And I think it's coming. It looks like a general situation in Israel is coming. Uh, so uh, I'm sure we're going to have more and more people uh, vaccinated. Some, of course, some people are uh, you know, stronger principles. They have their own reasons. I don't, I don't want to go to that, but... Uh, uh, but as a congregation, uh, we decided not to do uh, divisions or, or, or we won't make decisions as leadership. We can worship with us, we cannot, so we cannot go for a uh, uh, green passport. Uh, no, we, we tried. We spoke, spoke to the government. We said, hey, can we go both? Like one service for vaccinated people <laughs> or those who have seen, have been sick and recovered, and another for not. They said, no, the one organization can pick only one. Uh, one uh, one way. So you are going with green passport and uh, getting in only those who've been vaccinated, or 
you receive a general uh, population of people and the limits are 20, 20, 30 or 50 outdoor uh, or 20 indoor and plus 30 outdoor. Uh, that's what we do as congregation. We do two services. Now we have a congregation of 350 people with kids. Uh, so it's a big, still big challenge. We can have only over weekend, only 100 people, uh, but we're waiting for changes. Uh, so that's the situation in our congregation with most of uh, my friends and other leaders uh, in the land. Uh, I know there's probably first congregations who have decided to let only people who had vaccine, vaccination or been recovered from COVID come in and with others, they just wait. So uh, lots of issues in the air, lots of conversations. Uh, but uh, once again, I want to say, uh, there is a number of people who probably won't get vaccinated for in, 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 the, in the near future. Others will go when benefits will be bigger uh, and uh, when they measure the risk and, and, and benefits, the benefits will be more, uh, more impressive or more attractive. Uh, so so that's, the, that's the situation in, uh, in the congregation in general, more or less. Let, let me ask you this. Uh, I know uh, for myself and my family, we, we've been sort of waiting ourselves for perhaps a new, a more traditional vaccine uh, that Israel was working on. I think uh, the uh, AstraZeneca and uh, out of Oxford and uh, whether that gets here in time for us or whatever. Uh, it's this, this new uh, RNA messenger vaccine, which is an artificial way of triggering your immune system. Are some of your people waiting for the traditional vaccines? Yes, most of the people are waiting for traditional vaccines, that's for sure. But, so they're not anti-vaccination, they just would rather have a longer period of testing for this new method. That's right. And some just and some just waiting. Some really, I mean, many people just say, I want to wait for maybe next fall to see the, you know, the effect, just a little bit longer time of waiting, uh, sort of different opinions. But basically, yes, uh, when it will come to kind of traditional vaccine, I think probably 99% of people I know will, will go vaccinated. Uh, I have uh, six medical doctors in my congregation. We have a hosp big hospital in my city, and uh, that's a truck doctors. And I have uh, about six Israeli doctors in my congregation. And actually, four of them get vaccine, and two uh, still avoid to have it. There is very strong social pressure, professional pressure, you know, but, uh, but the two say, I want to wait, I want to see. Uh, but also, I want to mention what uh, we don't often hear it. But there is movements and there is doctors, medical doctors in Israel who are opposing uh, uh, current situation and current ways of vaccination. And, and uh, they actually even have uh, demonstrations. I don't see them on TV or major media. I don't see. But one of my uh, doctors from my congregation are close friends with this uh, person who go in with other doctors to uh, be out in Tel Aviv once a week. So there is voices. It's not mainstream, of course. It's a minority. But there is voices who are saying, hey, don't hurry. Wait. And uh, uh, surely all of us have, have, uh, have heard radical voices. And I don't, don't want to even go there. Of course, in every issue, you will find radical people. But I think I, I'm, I'm focusing on uh, reasonable people, you know, who have their, their uh, opinion, who are, uh, you know, just keeping, keeping uh, their side and talking about what they have without pressure, without you know, fighting, but just in good spirit. So we do have uh, different voices. And I think it's also important to, to share with the world. 
the mainstream, yes, obviously, uh, Dr. Feldman and Kalef uh, share what's going on in Israel. It's, uh, I agree 100% with this uh, description and, 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 and the graphs and all of it. Uh, but yes, there's other voices as well. They, they're minority. And then many just waiting, many just waiting. And once again, but I really see when flights will come up and when more openness will come up, uh, we will see more people who are going to vaccinate it. And I don't know if, if any, if, if uh, just traditional vaccine will come, then probably all people I know will go to vaccinate it. So that's, yeah. that's uh, what I see in my area of influence. And, and I, I think a lot of Christians out there are, are sort of hearing reports that Israel is compelling everyone to get the vaccine, which it's not compulsory from the government. Uh, there is a little pressure. There's, you know, societal pressure. I, I go to the dentist. I go to here or there. And the first thing, you know, it's kind of like the, the way you used to talk about the weather, nice weather. The first thing they'll ask you is, uh, have you got the vaccine? And you sort of tell them you're waiting and whatever. But it's, it's you know, it's a little pressure, but it's not compulsion. Is this true? And that's, that's true. I mean, there, there were some stories, but actually uh, Israeli... Uh, government and even media addressed it very well. Some people, even those who are uh, did vaccination, they, they for vaccination, but they've been very clearly saying on TV, explaining what uh, the mayor of Ramle said or what the mayor in another city said. It's not right. I want to know. I mean, we ad uh, we advise you to go and be vaccinated, but uh, that's a, that's the legal line, and uh, so they, they did pretty good job of explanation and slowing down. Uh, extreme pressure, <laughs> mm -hmm. and and right now, actually, what I see, there's some young people getting vaccines more and more because Israeli throwing parties. I mean, in my city, downtown Ashdod, we have parties, and everyone who get uh, going to get vaccine, they're going to have you know pizzas and even even alcohol drinks. They really do celebrations. Mm -hmm. So I see more and more people. And, but I, in my opinion, I said. Uh, actually, I like it more than just pressure, you know, like you have to or, or, or uh, and, and by the way, there is some fields. I have uh, like tour guides who study in university. I mean, going to be tour guides and uh, some other guys who study in university, they couldn't continue with their course if they wouldn't do vaccine. Uh, so they've been kind of forced. Uh, I mean, they still have choice, uh, but uh, they didn't want to lose and quit. So they they went and vaccinated with uh, because because of the, of the uh, benefits you know so uh, it is going to limit your choices some but you still have the choice not to get it you're not forced to get yeah. it we're having right. to say we're having to say farewell to Caleb Myers he has a, a, a something coming up right at five o'clock so we thank you again Caleb for joining us uh, Dr. Feldman are you able to take a question or two are you still with us I'm, I'm still here. I, uh, a question or two, I'm, I'm, I'll be able to, to stick Okay, around. okay. Um, uh, the, the whole um, uh, question of, of the Moderna and, and Pfizer vaccines, how, how long have, have these RNA messenger uh, vaccines and this research in it, I, I understand it's been going on for about 25 years. So there is some already medical uh, data 
on these types of ways of artificially manipulating your immune system to trigger it to defend against diseases, correct? It's been done in other uh, certain diseases and all? It's been done in other uh, diseases, mostly I think in cancer, trying to, to harvest uh, after, after uh, studying the, the mechanism of uh, DNA and RNA and messenger RNA, it was uh, uh, harvested to try to uh, introduce uh, drugs uh, in a more efficient way and targeted way to, to disease cell. And uh, the actual, uh, this type of vaccine is uh, actually more safe than others because in other, regular vaccines like uh, the flu vaccine, uh, sometimes you have uh, the virus uh, the, uh, which is uh, a dead virus or, or a, a reduced intensity virus and uh, as all sorts of adjuvants that are added to the, to the vaccines. Uh, and in this case, uh, it's not. And the actual material that is injected to you disappears within uh, a day or two from the body. What is uh, actually happening, it starts the process of your own uh, immune system to be activated and uh, uh, you take care of yourself once uh, you are exposed to, to the, the type of uh, spike uh, proteins that uh, are introduced with, with the, the injection. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm looking through some of the questions that have been posed here by our audience, and uh, one of the common questions, uh, are, are you um, satisfied that based on the data right now, that uh, the, either the death rate or serious complications from these, uh, the Pfizer, Moderna vaccines that Israelis are taking, the mortality rate is, is much lower than the mortality rate for COVID, of getting infected and dying from COVID? Listen, I think we can say clearly that uh, the immediate risks are unknown. I mean, the, the Ministry of Health is accumulating all the, the reports of uh, side effects on, on the vaccine, which are mostly minor. Uh, as I mentioned before, headaches, uh, muscle aches, uh, uh, fever, uh, very few cases, one in a million of, of neurological uh, deficits. And uh, I think that uh, in most vaccines, you are not, you are not, uh, the discussion is not mortality rate from the flu vaccine in 10 years from now. Mm -hmm. The discussion is whether you will develop some kind of uh, uh, autoimmune disease in the future. And uh, we cannot answer at this point, but some, a lot of the autoimmune disease that develops after vaccination are due to the, the not the, the active uh, material in the vaccine, but the adjuvants and all the, the all the, the uh, uh, materials that are added to the active uh, uh, vaccine. And here you don't have them. So the risk is lower. Uh, there, there's no, there's no uh, doubt that uh, we are dealing with risk management 
and calculated risk. And if you have, as I mentioned in my talk, a death of a risk of mortality of two to three to 1,000, uh, as opposed to a, a risk of late complication of one to a million, uh, I think everybody, everyone has the autonomy to decide which risk, which way he would like to go. And I think 89% of the adult Israeli population have shown that uh, they are making the, this decision towards uh, taking the uh, avoiding the, the, the mortality, the immediate mortality and the immediate uh, uh, morbidity from, from the coronavirus uh, and uh, uh, take their trust uh, to, to the vaccine, which is up till now proves uh, its effectiveness and its safety. Okay. There are also uh, different reports and rumors out there, and people are asking about it, that uh, these RNA messengers, uh, this vaccine, that it it can alter your DNA, and it's is that the case altered in, no, in, in the sense that you pass on an alteration to your children? This um, messenger RNA does not uh, enter the cell, does not uh, uh, have any interactions with your DNA. Uh, I think uh, it's it's uh, you know something that doesn't happen and it, it uh, interacts with your muscle cells. It uh, activates them to, to uh, start the production of antibodies to, to the protein on the surface of the virus. And uh, that's what it does. For, for my limited knowledge, I think biomedical sciences sort of heading in that direction where they will be able to alter human DNA, gene editing, and things like this. Some of this is already here, but this RNA messenger is not uh, doing that. This messenger RNA does not do it. It's not the case. Uh, you are, in, in some uh, genetic uh, uh, diseases, you want to change the DNA and, mm -hmm. and to cure people. Yes. Uh, you you have, uh, but but this is not the case, and uh, we should not uh, be uh, we should not mix uh, the the facts uh, with with uh, dealing with rare genetic diseases and the capabilities that we have, and uh, dealing with uh, this uh, cure for for uh, uh, a pandemic uh, which. Beside the benefits to our health and avoiding disease, it may bring uh, our society to, to normal function. Uh, this is the added value of uh, herd immunity, and we are, I hope we are heading there. Mm -hmm. uh, and these RNA messengers uh, from this vaccine, it goes in and it, it triggers, and you know, it's an artificial messenger, but it triggers something in your immune system to produce the spike proteins that you can do it through a more natural traditional vaccine but does that messenger then just dissipate uh, or is it staying in your body it doesn't stay in the body for more than a day or two but it, it trains your immune system that uh to produce a certain protein that when if you then got if you then got 
COVID-19, it would automatically know how to respond. That's what it does. It uh, imitates the spike protein that uh, is on the surface of the virus. Uh, and once the body is producing this spike protein, uh, which is a very small number of the proteins that are on the, on the virus, uh, the immune system is uh, engaged and, and starts to, to, to produce the antibodies against it. Okay. I want to thank you for your time. I'll go back to Israel Pachter for a, another question. Oh, I, but, I will leave you. Thank you for Dr. The, Feldman. Toda rabah rabah. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Israel Pachter. Yeah, this brings up, uh, you know, the point that, uh, you know, we humans, we have immune systems and we really, it's a good occasion, you know, at times like these, we really have to thank God that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that he built in an immune system and so much of medical profession, even Jesus said, go to the doctor, go to the doctor. Doctors are trying to work with that built-in self-defense mechanism in our bodies. We have self-healing properties, and so much of medicine is, is trying to, to work with this. And so it looks like, you know, these RNA messengers, it's a new way of doing it. it, seems like an artificial way, but in the end, it looks like it's doing something that God, that to help what God put in us react to these diseases. And, uh, you know, that uh, is something we have to thank God uh, for the way he made us to to fend off these things. It's amazing. I want to ask you, um, the you know, so we also are seeing conspiracy theories that there's something sinister or apocalyptic almost and that Israel uh, is is really uh, out ahead of the rest of the world, but it's, it's like accelerated us into the prophetic and end times and whatever. And do you sense anything about this yourself, your own discernment in the Lord? Or, or is this just a pandemic that you got to make medical decisions, risk calculations in your own family? Nothing sinister here? Well, yeah, well, sure, surely uh, we know and understand, and I say, I say in we, I speak about uh, most of the leaders in Israel we, I'm talking with, uh, that it is not only a pandemic, but it's another step in the history of humanity, uh, humanity, sorry, in the next step in the, our history and uh, next step forward systems that we can read in the book of Revelation system of uh, full control, that's for sure. And once again, it's not the vaccine, <laughs> it's not the uh, this pandemic, but generally th what this pandemic brought, besides of fear and political uh, political uh, uh, influence, you know, because many in many countries, as well as in Israel, as Caleb well well explained, it's also become political in addition to <laughs> all the other challenges. Uh, but surely it's changing our world, changing our reality. And uh, when we speak about uh, control of governments and uh, not godly control, we see as systems are building up. It's so we're not there yet, uh, but surely it's going there. It's going these directions, and we can see with every uh, every now and then we see some major events. And those events, uh, because they're taking place and they cause governments and people to make decisions, uh, reasonable decisions for good reasons, because, uh, you know, no one did it for to control people. Uh, and 
surely there are probably some, uh, you know, people behind some stories and there's probably some conspiracies that are real. But uh, but once again, we cannot, uh, you know, hunt every crazy group of people. But in generally, yes, we do see where world is going and the systems are ch- changing and adjusting. And uh, like, could... Uh, I couldn't imagine that so soon our country will change, that they could hold in the houses all nations, you know, but it's not only in Israel, it's in the most of the modern countries. Uh, and by the way, uh, the control is more strict uh, in whatever ways governments applied it uh, in the modern countries than in third world countries. That's mm-hmm. also interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, we see sh- certainly when we speak about Antichrist, last days, mm-hmm. uh, what changes that are going to happen in society, the system is going there. And uh, it's scary in one way, uh, making Bible even more real on another way. But I also, I also speak to my friends and my people. Remember Yeshua said, when you're going to see all these signs, raise your head and rejoice because the redemption is coming. So yes, it, no one wants to have trials and tribulations. Yeah. No one wants to have this, you know, uh, difficult times, but eventually it's leading us to the final day of the Lord. And that's a glorious day. So it's bad, good and bad news. But also, by the way, I want to share, you know, uh, when I talk to people who did vaccines and now others confronting them or, or just sharing their concerns, um, and, and there are some voices say, that probably damage will be long-term damage and such. Uh, for those who did vaccination, I'm telling them, hey guys, we're going to pray with you and we're going to believe in supernatural protection, even though you know, whatever, yes. right or wrong. Uh, so don't don't go to fear zone, you know, don't be afraid. Uh, uh, whatever you did, just, just, just be confident God is going to be with you and will help you. Uh, and by the way, uh, I surprised myself, you know, just recently I was driving home uh, praying, thinking, and uh, I've just started to think. When speaking about vaccine, I didn't do vaccine. I didn't do that. I I wasn't sick with COVID. I was in contact many times. I did many quarantines, and I did this in family and neighbors. Even tempted the Lord a little bit. That's my confession. Uh, then then I stopped going to the corona sick people. Uh, I haven't had, uh, but uh, when I say what I learned about myself, actually, I uh, week back. To that moment, I could say I never asked personally the Lord, shall I take vaccine or not? So now I did it and I'm waiting for answer. Okay. <laughs> so it's advice to everyone. Uh, beside of all the information, also yeah. spoke with, speak with the Lord. The Lord has his ways and his wisdom and uh, he will speak yeah. to us. And sometimes seems like message will be different. Some will say God spoke to me, dude. And yeah. others will say God spoke to me, not. Well, we have to keep peace and, and, and love each other and respect each other yeah. and others' decisions. Yeah. Uh, look, we could go on for uh, a long time. Lots more questions coming in. But I do think, uh, you know, this risk calculation, the, the pros and the benefits and the risks, that uh, one way of putting it is that a lot of people have really lived in fear of the coronavirus. And they, they're looking for a vaccine. They're looking to science to solve this. Uh, but I'd have to say there are a lot of uh, Christians who are living in fear of vaccines, and we should mm-hmm. not be afraid mm-hmm. of either. We should fear God alone who made our bodies, gave us these health, uh, uh, self-healing properties. And as you say, ask the Lord, what should, what should I do? And not judge anyone 
one way or the other. And if Israel, you know, made a mistake here or whatever, it's a little too late to go saying you did this. It's like you're, you're saying you're praying for those who got the vaccine that there'd be no long-term side effects. And that's what we want to encourage Christians to do now. Israel took a great risk and let's keep them in prayer uh, that this, this pays off. And every day that, that the Israelis are going along, the numbers are going down, the, the, there's not many, you know, we're not seeing a lot of side effects. It looks like it's, it's paying off every day that you go by. It's proving itself to where you might feel more and more comfortable uh, with getting this or still waiting for a traditional vaccine or you have the right if you don't want a vaccine at all, there, no one can force you to do it. And it's not, uh, not really happening in Israel. There's societal pressure, but you're not forced. And uh, so we just want to pray for you, for you uh, Israel Paktar, for your congregation, your family, for all Israelis right now, that the Lord would watch over this nation. He, he watches uh, this nation and he neither slumbers nor sleeps. And uh, Israel, you know, got out ahead of the rest of the world on this, took a, a calculated decision to go in and go with this. And Lord, we pray that it does pay off, whether we think it's a mistake or not. We hold this people up to you now. And if they're showing that this is safe and all, let the, let the world understand that and see that and come to appreciate it. And, uh, and this, uh, you know, God does seem to have given this people unique abilities, the Jewish people. They're so involved in science and medicine and advances. And uh, we have to thank the Lord for that. And if this uh, pays off, uh, you know, let them, uh, you know, deserve the respect, uh, have the respect they deserve. And don't let other nations be jealous of Israel. All this anti-Semitism, we come against it in the name of Jesus. Uh, where people are calling this the Jew flu and blaming the Jews for it or for exploiting it in any way, Israel faced the same decisions as everyone else. And Lord, we just uh, entrust them to your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We want to thank everyone for joining us. Thank you, Israel Pachter. We thank again, Caleb Myers and Dr. Ze'ev Feldman. And uh, we want to invite you to join us again uh, next Thursday, four o'clock, this same time slot for next, uh, in next week's uh, ICEJ weekly webinar. And I think we're going to be discussing the upcoming Israeli elections. And that reminds me, we're going to uh, bring in... Um, uh, uh, Gil Hoffman, probably the the uh, political, the chief political correspondent for the Jerusalem Post. He's always informative and entertaining. Talk about Israeli politics, and we'll have some other guests talking about the upcoming elections in Israel. A current affairs webinar next week here on the ICJ webinar. Thank you, and God bless you. Shalom.